Welcome to the Mustang Creek Podcast. We hope you enjoy today's message. Well, good morning. It is good to see you today. Thank you if you're joining us online. We are so glad to have you today. And if this is your first time, thank you for being with us. And we would ask that you would take one of the uh, connection cards in the seat behind you, in the little pocket in the seat behind you, and take that and fill that out. Or you can shoot the QR code and fill that out electronically. And we have a great gift for you as you exit in the foyer this morning and uh, we are just so excited that you are here with us and also for those of you that would like translation we have a station at the back of the sanctuary that you can go and receive an a an in-ear interpretation device and we would love to provide that for you every time in the second service in the 11 o'clock service so if you know of a friend or family member that uh, would like that we would love to have them uh, come and join us in the 11 o'clock service well listen uh, today is our annual business meeting and following the second this second service as soon as we're through we're going to to have lunch for all of those that will be staying for the business meeting so if if you're a member or if you say you know what I think this might become my church home I'd like to see how they do business here at Mustang Creek well we would love for you to stay and and observe and see how we do business we believe that God honors good stewardship Amen? God honors good stewardship. And we, uh, I tell you what, we have a great group of people here today and that uh, uh, a great staff that honors the gifts that come in uh, that God has provided through his people. And we are just so grateful for everything the Lord has blessed us with. And we're going to have a, a, a great business meeting. We've got some very important things to discuss with you today. So if you're a member, uh, we hope that you will stay and join us for this business meeting this afternoon. I am so honored to have my beautiful wife today. She's going to be sharing the word. Would you give it up for Pastor Judy as she comes today? What he didn't mention is that we're also celebrating Pastor's birthday. We, we won't sing right now. We'll sing when we have dinner together. But he'll never be as old as me. And that is a great trade-off. I like that. I told him I need to get my Geritol. You know, I, anyway. I said. No, no. You're, you're doing fine in your young old age. I tell you what, uh, I ask Pastor uh, every year, uh, what do you want for your birthday? And uh, it's so funny. This morning I again asked him, you still haven't told told me what you really <clears throat> want for your birthday I'm getting all choked up about it it's killing me <clears throat> he said I just want my garage <laughs> now now I'm, I'm gonna help you out I'm just gonna confess to all of you right now before God and all these witnesses this is the most long-suffering patient 
gentle and tender man that he has put up with me for 40 years is a miracle because he has never, get this, never been able to park his truck in his garage for 40 years. That's how horrendous I am. No, really, I'm not horrendous, but I have this problem in that I hold on to too many things. Now, I can go into the psychological reasons why. I can confess to you that I just like my stuff, but the truth is I don't have time to clean it all out. So what I do is I just push it back and stack some more. And I push it back and stack some more. And I have pushed it back and hidden it so many times that it is literally to the ceiling. So my sweet husband decided in order to help me bless him, he rented a dumpster <laughs> the day they delivered that dumpster you guys I was shocked I mean he must really think there's a lot of stuff to throw away that dumpster was not your little bitty dumpster it wasn't even the size we have in the church parking lot it was a huge like he must have asked I want the biggest dumpster you have and it's parked in my driveway and then I told him, the problem is, you see, I pull stuff out and I start sorting it. It takes me so much time that the sun goes down and then I have to put it back in the garage because I don't want people to steal the stuff I'm fixing to throw in the dumpster. So I told him I had trouble sorting it. So you know what he did? He rented me a U-Haul truck, the big one. So I can take the stuff that I need to sort and put it in there, throw the stuff I need to throw away in the dumpster and gradually empty the garage so he can park his truck in the garage for his birthday. But it is interesting to me because I think what we have is an oxymoron. Is that how you say it? Uh, oxy well, let's just put it this way. I know that a lot of you have been to my house, and there are times when I invite you to my home, and I say to you, hey, come on in, make yourself at home. And some people say, oh, your house is beautiful. Can we look around? I'm like, yeah, look around. That's very rare. <laughs> but sometimes I do that. And then sometimes I say, come on in. We're going to sit right here. Here, I'll take your bag. <laughs> because I don't want you to see all of the rooms in my house. Why? Because they're not ready for you to see them yet. And so I, I think about that, and I realize that so many times when I knew people were coming over, I would gather things that have just been waiting for me to find a place for them, and I would put them in the garage to hide them from you. And I would... Then realized in a few weeks I forgot to get them and put them back in the house and I left them until the next time you came over and I took more stuff and I hid it in the garage and I just kept pushing it away and hiding it and stacking it up. And I think that's interesting because it goes along with what we're studying in our series, Love the Lord Your God with All Your Heart. You see, we're talking about today the, about the very thing that God has asked us to do. I'm going to have to change that. The very thing that God has commanded us to do. Now, I think you might find this interesting because 
the portion of scripture, I want us to go ahead and read it. And if you would just honor the word of the Lord and stand with me really quick and let's read it together. It's familiar now. By the time we finish this series, I'm sure you'll be able to quote it all. But I just want to have you join me in honoring God and we'll read it really quickly. Mark chapter 12, reading out of verse 29. Jesus answered, the most important is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Can you say amen? amen? And you can be seated. You know, I used to read that portion of Scripture, and I used to think the most difficult part of that commandment is that we have to love each other. But can I tell you, after living for so many years, I have discovered that honestly, I think for us, especially those who move around in the church realm, I think it's more being honest about loving the Lord our God with all of our heart. Do you know what all means? All means all. Such a deep thought, right? All means all. So what that means is that I take all that I am and I love the Lord with all of that. And so I'm just going to use as an example today, I want to share with you just a picture of what I think that means. Like, let's play like that all of my heart is in this bucket. And I'm going to take all of my heart and I'm going to give it to the Lord. And here's what he says. Judy. You know, he speaks like that, right? Really loud and rough. And then the ground starts shaking. Judy, give me all of your heart. No, he doesn't. He says, Judy, I love you. I love you so much with all of my heart. I love you. Would you give me all of your heart? And I say, well, sure, I will. You can have all. There's so much. Every part of my heart, I'm going to give it to you, God. And I just start giving him all of my heart. And, I, and I'm good. See, I, I, Judy, we know that's not all your heart. Oh, I know, but it's all that's ready for you to see. It's the only part that... I'm ready to give you. No, Judy, I, I want all of your heart. But God, you don't understand. You see, there's still these few parts that are so mm, dirty. I, I still have this problem, God, that I know you want all of my heart, but you don't want the part that sins, do you? And he says, yeah. I want all of your heart even the part that's dirty and sins. Judy, what are you talking about? God hates sin, but God loves me. I don't know about you, but we have such a sweet, intimate relationship that I know that he loves me. But if I didn't, and I was trying to hide all of the sinful parts of my heart, I cannot erase the portion of Scripture that says he loves me so much that while I'm still sinning, that while I was yet in sin, Christ died for me. 
even though I can't get my stuff together, every single time I fail, every in, every, everything that I've, I've hidden in my closet, I haven't given him full access to, he loves me in that. You know, it's interesting when Pastor married me, bless his heart. When he married me, he did not fully realize that he was getting all of me. All of me, all of my stuff, all of my mess, all of my confusion, all of my spending, all of my craziness, my messiness, my scatteredness. He got all my love and my family and my baggage and my broken parts and he got them all God said I want all of that but we keep thinking we will love him with all of our hearts when we get all of our heart cleaned up there's not a dumpster big enough you will never be able to figure it all out. Every dirty addiction, everything that you think is a secret and hidden is open and barren before him. Sometimes we think we're taking those messed up places of our heart, all of the sin we think we've hidden and we think we're hiding it, but he can still see it. He sees it and he knows it and it doesn't change the fact that he loves us and he still commands, not suggests, not request, commands that we love him with all of that. He wants all of our heart. I think back to people in the Bible where there's a on their heart and of course one of the first ones that comes to our mind is David David's known as a man after God's own heart right but then the second thing he's known for you know oh well they're really really famous for this but really we know what he's really famous for we know that he's famous for seeing another man's wife with no clothes on and choosing to have her knowing he could as the king and being unfaithful to her husband then her having his baby and him choosing to try again to hide and cover his sin by killing her husband and then we see that one sin complicates another sin that builds on another sin how could God ever love David however he promised David before David died that there would always be a seed on the throne always can you imagine that God would love someone that much that he would brag on him and say this is a man after my own heart and this man fails so much and yet God loves him so much that he gives him eternity with a, her a heritage with a legacy on the throne forever Man, there's something about that. Now, Judy, are you saying sin is okay? <laughs> nope. I'm saying it's okay to give to him. I'm saying that although we have so much sin, we can give all of that, all of it to him because you're not hiding it from him. 
He can see your thoughts from afar off. He knows everything about you. He is intimately acquainted with your heart, all of it. There's nothing hidden. I am so thankful that I finally came to the realization that I can try to take all of these messed up parts of my life and wash them and clean them and do everything I can and still fail. And yet he says, it's okay, I want it anyway. But we have this tendency to do what we've always done. Adam and Eve in the garden had a perfect relationship with God and then sin. And what happens when we have sin? The same thing that happened with Adam and Eve. We immediately feel shame and shame immediately causes us to hide. When Jesus came into the garden and he called out their name, where are you? He already knew where they was. He was being kind. Where are you? He didn't come into the garden and say, Yeah, I saw what you did. I know who you are. I saw every bit of it. It is written in my book, and I'll remember it forever. There were consequences for sin. The wages of sin will always be death. However, if we'll be brave enough to take those sinful places of our heart and bring them to God, we will see how he responds. If you watch David's life, one of the most interesting things that I've seen is that David, he goes in before God, and I have to tell you, I have done this. I know in my life, I know intensely sincerely done this maybe four times I know you're thinking you've only sinned four times no I've only sinned so big that I felt like I was just gonna die isn't that what sin does to us it grieves our heart it breaks our heart if you read in Psalm 51 it's a famous portion of scripture where David awakens to what he has really done and he realizes how horrible it is and his heart is grieved what do I mean by that I simply mean that moment when you realize I have failed so big I have grieved the heart of God God is grieved with my behavior. Not he's mad, not he's angry, but I'm grieved because I have hurt God's heart. Maybe you felt a tinge of that maybe at, at some point when maybe you were unfaithful, unfaithful to a spouse, unfaithful to a friend. Maybe one time you, you lost it, you did something in front of your own children that you have tried to make your truth and you've lived such a failing choice in front of your children and you're grieved what will I do how will I ever teach them to do what is right if I cannot even do what is right and you feel that grief and so David goes before God and he I can just see him he just throws himself on the ground and he just says God I've sinned against you I mean, he's feeling such grief. In fact, the scripture describes it as a, he's got a, a broken heart, a contrite heart. Let me see what that looks like. Let's, let's talk about that really quick. Because a, a broken and a contrite heart happens when we realize our sin. And listen, you have to realize it's sin to want to hide it. There's your first sign. If you want to hide something, it's usually because it's not ready to be presented to the Lord. 
I want to read to you the definition of contrite. Contrite is feeling or expressing remorse or penitence affected by guilt. What's really interesting here is there is an antidote for this, but we mess it up because when we love the Lord our God with all of our heart, we'll become more comfortable with him. I trust him to see my mess because I know him very well. I've spent quality time with him. My husband knows things about me no one will ever know. Thank you, Jesus. And if you do find out, he'll answer to God. No, I'm just kidding. But the truth is I'm more comfortable coming to him with the things that are not pretty because I know him. Now, when we first got married, it wasn't that way. I was still trying to hide the imperfections. You know, but after a while, you you really get tired of hiding in it. And you're like, okay, look, I'm just going to be honest with you. I don't keep a clean house. You know, we're about a year in. Bless his heart. I'm tired and exhausted, and he's fed up because his mom kept the perfectly most spotless house you've ever seen. She had wooden floors you could eat off of. I mean, she was a clean, spotless, housekeeping woman. But nope, he came home to my house every day, had to kick stuff away to get in the door. And we didn't even have kids yet. <laughs> yeah, I had some stuff. But the more I got close to him, the more we had life together, the more we spent intimate time away from others, the more I knew I could trust him with my weaknesses. It's the same way with your God. The more you seek him, the more you find him and you know him. And the more you know him, the more comfortable you are showing him all of your heart, every part, every room, every door, every closet. I let him look in my closets. He has to duck and open it really slow, but when he does, he can see the stuff just fall out. Because you guys, we cannot forever hide the things that are unpleasant from God. He wants us to love him from those places. I don't know about you, but there's another word that's used to describe David's heart, and it's the word broken. Has anyone here ever felt broken? Oh, here she goes with all that emotional stuff. No, I'm going to tell you truth today. I'm going to be so real with you that it's going to hurt me a little bit. But I want to give you the definition of broken really fast. Psalm 51, he's praying, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence, and take not your Holy Spirit from me. It's interesting to me there, he did not say, Don't tell anyone my sin. His number one fear was that God would remove his presence from him. That he, would, that he would step back and not want him. I tease people all the time and I say, I'm shocked that my husband still loves me after all I've put him through. <laughs> but, but he loves me. He doesn't step back from the things that have let him down. I've worked on him and God's been merciful to him. But the truth is, when we take what we have to God and we seek him with all our heart and we know him, then we trust him. And when we trust him, we can give him all because we trust him even with the dirty places in our life. Let's talk about broken, though, as fast as possible. Uh, 
when I think about broken, I feel like I have lived a lot of broken. I feel like I'm like the broken testimony here, right? But, but when he says, God, I know that, that I, I'm trying to explain to you my remorse, my, my guilt, my shame, how I feel. I'm contrite, God. I'm sincerely sorry. Then he says, and I'm broken, I'm broken because of my sin. Broken, the description of that is having been fractured or damaged and no longer in one piece or in working order. Having given up all hope and despair. Some of us are carrying such a weight of brokenness. When I start pouring all those things out, I say, okay, God, well, here, it's dirty, but maybe you can wash it. But then when I have to take out the parts of my heart that are broken, I'm like, oh, no, I know he doesn't want this. Nobody wants a gift that is broken. Why would I ever give him the broken places of my life? How can I love him from those places? I know sometimes it might be easier for us to consider, you know, Casting our broken places to him after we've survived them. Okay, now I'm healed. Now I'm whole. I made it through. I'm good. Okay, now you can have all of my brokenness. But that's not what he's commanded us. He's commanded us to love him with all of our heart, all of the sin and the dirt, all of the shame and the guilt, and all of the broken places. I have felt what it feels like to be broken. And I've prayed like David has. But a little later in that, in that uh, portion of Scripture where he, he comes to God and he says, God, I'm coming to you. I'm just going to summarize Psalm 51. I'm coming to you and, and I have sinned against you and I feel horrible about it. I, I, I can't stand how I feel. I know I've grieved your heart and, and I feel sick about it. And then he says, now I would offer you a sacrifice because we all know back then, you know, they offered certain kind of sacrifices. I would give you a burnt offering, but that's not what you require of me in this place. Now you require a broken and a contrite heart. He, he comes to the understanding after being with God and talking to God and having a relationship with God that he can trust him to forgive him. What if you have to walk into a stranger and say, listen, I know you don't know me, but I stole everything you had in the third grade. And I just want you to forgive me. Now, we don't have relationship, and I know you really don't know me. I mean, you're probably acquainted with who I am, but, you know, I don't know anything about you, and I really don't know what your life is like, what you prefer, or how you feel about things, but I just wanted to come clean with you. No, it's kind of tough to do that. But it's not tough once you begin to seek his face, and then you begin to know who he is, it's a lot easier to trust him, not only with your dirt and your sin, but to trust him with those broken places. I'm not just talking about when your heart was broken, but I am including that. Can you think of a time, and it may be you, you may be the one that's, that's hurting right now, today. In this moment, you are feeling broken. I have hope for you. 
there is a God who said, I want you to seek me with all of your heart. And when you seek me with all, and all means all, you're going to find me. And when you find him, you will begin to know him. And y'all, when you know him, you can give him all of your heart because you trust someone that you know. For me, I have people, they, they make jokes about it from time to time. A lot of people have said, I want to be your friend. I, I really want to be your friend. When I travel and speak, some people say, I, I want to do what you do. I, I want to I do what you do. I want to be your friend. I even had one lady who was really upset come to me and say, I want to know how much does it cost? And I'm like, what, what cost? How much does it cost to be in your friend club? Well, first of all, I don't have one. But second of all, that's a good idea. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. There's no God. No, I love everybody. But, but there's some people I trust to be close to me. There's some people I don't, I'll let them come to my house. In fact, I will tell you, I know of two people that are in my church who have seen my garage, but only two. Because I know them well enough to know they love me anyway. But that's your God. He loves you anyway. Okay, you're broken. You're upset. You don't even know what to do with this pain that you are feeling. You're not really sure if God can handle this pain that you are feeling. And he is saying, oh, no, no, I got you, baby. Come on, bring it to me. Come on, bring it to me. Seek me. Bring that broken place to me. That place that is hurting so intensely, you're overwhelmed. In fact, you know what he says? Run. When my heart is overwhelmed within me, I run to the rock that is higher than I. So many times we run, oh, wait, 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 let me put this. Somebody rings the doorbell and we're like, oh my gosh, hold on, hold on. Let me, let me put these back on because I don't want any. No, 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 no. I need to run to pour it all out to him because he is the only healing I will ever need and ever find for some of those broken places. I know what it's like to be betrayed, betrayed by friends, be betrayed by family members. I know what it is like to feel the grip of brokenness but I've also experienced the joy, the extreme joy of wholeness. And wholeness is better. But it requires that I give him my all. I want to talk about another part of our heart. And it's really difficult because I see it so much. And that is when we have broken places and we've been hurt. Now listen, there's a big difference between, make sure you hear this, there's a big difference between broken-hearted and just offended. Offended is still just as painful as broken-hearted, but they are not the same. Okay? They hurt, but they're not the same. But I will tell you that both of them can lead you to a bitter heart. What? You see, you can be offended by someone and carry unforgiveness for a long time toward them. You can carry it silently where nobody knows it's there. I'm hurting, but nobody knows. Nobody knows that I have pain in my heart. Nobody knows how mad I am at that guy for what he said. Nobody knows how offended I am at the actions they did or did not take. Nobody knows. But the Word of God says that you can hold on to bitterness long enough that it will take up root in your heart and it will cause you to be poisonous 
Your heart will be so full of poison from the bitterness that you have held on to that the people around you who need you the most will be poisoned by you. The very thing you don't want to happen will happen because we hold on to this so long that now we have become numb and we don't feel anything. Oh, I got it all together. But God says this. I can all, always hear him when he's speaking to me. He speaks like this. No, he doesn't. Some people think the ground shakes, you know, and everything goes crazy around you. No, no when he talks to me, he knows I'm kind of freaked out by that, so he, like, talks normal. And he says, Judy, come on, give me all of that. But I did. I, I gave you, I, Judy, come on now, give me all. But it hurts. But give it to me anyway. But they said but give it to me anyway. Love me from that place. How do I love from a place of bitterness? It's a choice. It's a choice every day to seek him with all our heart, to find him, all of him, and to experience him. And when we do that, it's in running to him that we become whole, not running from him. It's hiding under his wing that we find healing for our brokenness, not running from him. This, I, I hope I'm getting through to you because I want to make sure I say the right thing. All right. Now, I want to talk to you about a couple more types of heart. And one thing for sure that I know we've all experienced is grief. And I have had a grieving heart before. I... Uh, I know what it is like to grieve the death of my only begotten son. I know what it is like to stand there and feel the darkness all around me when I lay my only son in the grave and I walk away. A dark, dark moment. But I know what it's like to have the son of glory so present with me, reminding me that I will see my son again. And my grieving heart becomes whole as I take it to him and give that part that's hurting to him. He was there when I buried my son. He was there when I buried my twin brother. He was there when I buried my next brother. He was there when I buried my mother. He was there when I buried my father. He will be there for me. He has proven faithful. But I have to tell you, there are moments in grief that we struggle with giving it to him because it hurts so bad. But you can trust him. You can trust him with your grief. Your grieving heart is safe with him. I'll tell you, there are a lot of other places that I've experienced a lot of brokenness but I know that there are hearts that are confused and hearts that are frustrated because you don't know what to do with all of the stuff that's still in here so I want to say something to you really slow because I want you to hear it all right when we decide to seek him with all of our heart we will find him God's word says, in the hour that you seek me with all of your heart. He uses that word all a lot, doesn't he? You will find me. And God doesn't lie. If you seek him with all of your heart, you'll find him. And when we find him, we'll fall in love with him. 
Oh, listen to someone who has tasted and seen that the Lord is good. I'm so in love with him. He is so, so good to me. I think it's scandalous how good he is to me. I think I'm his favorite. I offend some of you. Give that to the Lord because I really feel like he loves me. I am so safe in his presence. I am comforted in his presence. I am filled up in his presence. I drink and I never thirst again when I spend time with him. But then I love him with all of my heart. And as I do, it becomes increasingly difficult to continue to sin. It's really hard to remain broken in the presence of the great physician who heals all of our wounds. He comforts us in all of our sorrow. When we get close to that God, we're really learning how to love him with all of our heart. I think something really interesting that we miss is that we try to make our pain equal someone else's pain. Have you ever done that? Yeah, well, she thinks she's hurting. You ought to hear what I and God he can handle it all he's really good with that in fact he said bring it all to me but when I look back and I start looking at giving him full access to my heart that means he's going to see the sins that I'm struggling with still I'll tell you something I'll give you a secret pastor gave me long ago I like kicking these I struggle with insecurity. I had a real problem with insecurity because I did not feel good about myself. I'm just being real and honest with you right now, okay? And so because I struggled with that, Pastor knew and he could see that I was maybe feeling less about myself. And so he began to share with me ways that he guards his heart only for me. And how he pleases the Lord intentionally. So write this down. You're going to need this, okay? So like, he decided at a very young, young age, when he began to seek God with all his heart, he decided that he would not put anything before his eyes that would tempt him or, or make me uncomfortable. And so when he's standing in the line at the grocery store and there's all these magazines lining the side of the, of the aisle, he would find something to focus on. He would either focus on me and we would talk or he would focus on uh, the check, check out where they're putting their groceries up there or he would look down or he would find something to entertain his eyes aside from that because then I knew he wouldn't be comparing me to those pictures that aren't real anyway, right? Okay, but then what if he's driving down the road? So he shares with me, this is what he does. He's driving down the road. He stops at a stop sign and there's some beautiful young lady that walks across the walk in front of his car. What does he do? He says, God, did you hear that thought? All of a sudden, he took what he knew was not pleasing to God, and he had called it to his attention. It's kind of like a middle schooler. <laughs> they find out what you don't like, and they do that more. <laughs> I apologize. I love middle schoolers. I really do. But the truth is, we have to find what is it that makes God recognize that I'm trying to love him with all of my heart. So instead of hiding the things that I know grieve his heart, I bring them to his attention. And I say, help me with this. God, I'm struggling with this. I honor you with this. I'm trying to love you with all. And so here it is. I admit, I have a problem with this. There's an epidemic now moving to a different heart of hopelessness. I want to talk to you about 
a hopeless heart. A heart that has hoped and hoped and hoped against hope, and it's never happened. You, you dream about things and you hope, you hope for things to come to pass, and, and they don't happen. And the Bible says that hope deferred makes the heart sick. Scientists and doctors will tell you when the heart is sick, the very next step from that is organ failure. And every part of your heart and every part of your body begins to die slowly because you are feeling the weight of hopelessness. But I've asked him over and over, and he's not done it yet. Is he ever going to do it? Is he really a good God? Well, first of all, if you had been spending time with him, you would realize he's good enough to know the exact timing in your life to give you or to bring to pass that thing you're hoping for. I hoped and hoped and hoped for years for certain things that have not come to pass yet. But I have a heart that has given up hopelessness. When I surrendered all to him, I even surrendered the ability to trust him with the things that I don't have yet. And I continue to hope for. Because I promise he is faithful. I wish I could tell you that once you give him all of those things, the enemy of your soul will never bring that up again. Once you've surrendered all of the sin, you've given him all of the grief, you've handed him all of your brokenness, you trust him with all of your hopelessness, when all of those things have happened, I wish I could tell you, you never have to deal with those dirty things again. He takes them, he does. He cleans them all up. He offers you a soft heart instead of a hard heart. He exchanges beauty for ashes. He does and things are great but we are in this world and things will happen. And I chose in the first service and I'm choosing in this moment to be very vulnerable and honest with you about how I know there is a God who loves us beyond the things we cannot fix. I know that for 40 years I have bragged on God how faithful he's been what he brought me out of how he rescued me how he restored my soul he has been my shepherd he has been my dear friend he's been my healer he's been my rock he's my faithful strong tower he's the prince of my peace and yet in the last six months I have struggled with emotional memories with flashbacks and torments of the things I experienced before I gave him my all. I am, I am fighting continually with the enemy of my soul who wants to remind me of the dirty parts of my heart that I surrendered to God, of the broken parts of my heart, the times I was ravaged by evil men, and how God in his goodness has restored my life. But the enemy is not pleased with that and so he comes against me and my first thought is no, no my heart is fixed my heart is fixed I gave it to God he's made me whole so I don't want him to see that part of my heart I don't want him to know I'm struggling with the thing he already brought me out of how, how will he accept that 
But those nights when I can't sleep because I don't want to dream, I don't want to have a scary nightmare, those nights are the nights I bear my whole heart to you. Those are the times when I say it's enough. I, I, give it, I give it all to you again. Every day I'll give you all. I'll give you more. I'll find what I've hidden. I'll find the things that are not whole. Whatever this is, all of my heart, I will give it to you. But I just thought of one more heart. I have a fighting heart. I pray you do. I have a fighting heart. I will fight all of hell for the testimony that God is for me. Who can be against me? The God of all peace will keep my heart and my mind through Christ Jesus. I will rest in sweet sleep because I know him. Can I ask you today? Is there a part of your heart that you're saying, no, I'm not ready for him to see this yet. I got to do a little more. I got to work a little harder on this part of my heart. There's this one place that I just don't want him to see. Give it to him anyway. I made a list. Did you know? I love to study things out. Sometimes in research, you discover amazing things. And so I'm researching all of the different types of a heart that's in the Bible. So I'm going to read them to you. Now, it's not a complete list, okay? It's just a, it's just a random list of the things that are listed, the hearts that are discussed in the Bible. Uh, I find it interesting that the Word of God explains how all of these hearts are fixed in God's presence. But I just want you, as I list these, to open your heart to God really quickly. Just simply say, okay, God, check me. Check my heart and see if there's anything that I haven't given or surrendered fully to you. Do you have a broken heart? Do you have a contrite heart? Is your heart grieved? discouraged, obstinate, proud, or wicked, double or perverse? Is your heart sorrowful, or is it full of pride and haughty? Is it heavy? Is it bitter? Is it covetous? Is your heart hardened today? Don't panic. That's not the only hearts listed. There's also a willing heart, a perfect heart, a tender heart, a soft heart, a pure heart, an upright heart, a wise heart, a merry heart, a new heart, a meek heart, an honest heart, a good heart, true heart, a compassionate heart. Man, think of that. If I started saying, okay, God, here's all my mess, all my brokenness, all my anxieties, all my fears. I've cast all my cares. And now, God, here's my merry heart. Can we celebrate that? Because he celebrates Mary. God, here's my joyful heart. God, here's my kind heart, my caring heart, my tender heart. I don't want to hide those from you, God. Can we just do an exchange here? And he says, that's what I've been waiting on. You see, if you'll just love me with all of your heart, you will find the fullness of God. All in all. All means so if I give him all of me, guess what I get in return? All of him. 
all of his goodness, all of his mercy, all of his treasures, all of his provision, all of the riches of God has been given to me in Christ Jesus, all of it. But I have to take the steps. Follow after me. Ready? Repeat this. If I seek him, I will find him. If I find him, I will know him. When I know him, I can trust him with all of my heart. It's not a suggestion. It's a commandment. In fact, it's the most important one. Are you willing today to love him with your all? Would you bow your heads for just one moment? I know I read this list of biblical hearts out to you really quickly, but I know that God is good enough to go ahead and begin to speak to your heart today. And I've asked him by his Holy Spirit to reveal to you the places of your heart that you've withheld from him. The places that maybe you're hiding because you don't trust him with that part of your heart. Maybe there's a place in your heart that's grieving so much you're just not ready yet. But the Lord said today, I'm calling you to give it all to me. I asked the Lord, do you want me to just like pray for everybody? Because I can do that. That's, you know, that's what I do. But... I felt like his, his impression back to me was that this is a very intense, personal thing. Messing with my heart is a personal thing. This is a thing between me and God. And God has looked at my heart, and he's already pointed out to me, these are things, Judy, you're still hiding from me. I see them, and I know they're there. So I want to invite you to seek him. For just a few minutes, would you be willing to find a place here in the altar and to say, God, search my heart. Prove my heart today. Show me the things I've withheld from you so that I can learn how to love you with all of that. Would you just join me now and find a place here around the front where you could just give God a few moments to allow him to seek and search your heart. Come on, go ahead and begin to move now. You're, you're invited to join us in his presence and seek his face. Come on down. We hope you've encountered the Spirit of God during this podcast. If you've decided to follow Jesus or if you need prayer for any reason, click the link in the description below. We are located on the east edge of the Dallas Metroplex and would love to host you in person. Plan your visit now at mustangcreek.org forward slash plan your visit.